0: Last week we started talking about the blood covenant, and this week I want to talk more about the blood covenant. The blood blood is the the most life-giving substance known to man. And Father, as I share this message, Holy Spirit, will You just open our eyes and our hearts to receive Your Word, and Father God, let it just permeate and penetrate our lives, Father, restoring broken relationships, broken covenants, Lord God. Father, let this be a restorative word this morning that brings us back closer to your heart for us, Father God. And so thank you that we can call ourselves friends of God, friends of yours this morning. And thank you, Father, for not only being our King, our Lord, and our Savior, but for Jesus saying, I am a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Amen. So. If you read in Genesis chapter 9 and in Leviticus chapter 17, it tells us that the life of the flesh is where? It's in the blood, isn't it? So, blood is a precious substance. There's nothing more disturbing than seeing blood being shed. My uh, my nephew Joshua would faint every time he seen blood. He would just keel over. I mean, it could be a pinprick of blood and he would just he would just faint. And I think blood is so precious to us. And we all get cuts and things like that through life. But to see blood spilled through violence and things, it's the, it is the precious substance of life. And God knew that. And that is why he places total emphasis on that substance, blood, knowing that that was the only thing that would be precious enough to redeem us from our previous lives. Amen? So it's a precious life-giving substance. God even took it all the way, and he said to his people, don't even eat blood. Don't drink blood. Don't eat or drink the blood of any living creature, because the blood, even of an, of an animal, was a type and a shadow of the blood which was to come, which was Jesus' blood. And when Jesus' blood was shed for us, where did it end up? In heaven. In heaven on the mercy seat, in the throne room of God. So blood that blood is still there today. And so that's how important it is. So the life of our bodies is carried where? In our blood, amen? If you want to know how healthy your body is, what do you check? Your bloods. You go and you have a blood blood sample taken, you have your bloods taken, and they analyze your bloods and the bloods will tell you the condition of your body. And so sometimes as well, we have to also use wisdom. You know, the word talks about physicians and people in medicine and things like that. Sometimes we come and we seek healing. Sometimes wisdom would say, have you just gone and checked your bloods? Has someone, have you had your blood analysis done? Is there something you could be deficient in? Is there something that you're short of that is making you weak and infirm? And so everything works together. Healing is powerful. God's grace is is, is amazing. But sometimes we have to understand that we are biological creatures designed by God, and we have blood flowing through our veins, and we need to make sure our blood is healthy blood. Um, And so, you know, some people May have their bloods tested often. Maybe if you have diabetes or some other situation. Um, I went and got my blood tested once, and I never went back again. It was too shocking. The cholesterol was much, way too high, and all the beige food. It was like I can't eat anymore, and I just, I just didn't know. I said, "Well, I, I, I'm just going to trust God." So um, that was the days when they used to say, "Come to the surgery on a on a Thursday night," and all the men, you get an MOT. A, a men's health night. But now we can't even go to the surgery. It's so difficult. So anyway, but just to say, have some wisdom. So um, this this animal blood, as I said last week, is only a type and a shadow or an example of the blood which was to come. Amen. And this was the blood cal- that was shed at Calvary for us, Jesus' blood. Amen. And so... Um, that blood paid our debt. Do you remember what I said last week? All God has is assets. Amen. All we have is liabilities. He, so the de- we owed a debt, and He took care of the debt, didn't He? So by His incredible grace, He paid the debt that we owe on the cross. Amen. So our sins were not only atoned for, but the New Testament says they were remitted. So, in the Old Testament, the blood made atonement for the sins of the people, and atonement meant that it was simply covered over, all right? So, the blood covered over the the sins of the people, amen? The sins were not removed from them. The sins still existed, but the blood covered them, all right? Now, in the New Testament, Some translations use the word atonement. But if you go and you study um, in a Greek concordance, it's not actually atonement. It means remittance. And now a remittance is something that is different. Remittance is the Greek word aphiemi. And that means to forgive, forsake, omit, and send away. All right? Or to yield up. So remittance means that sin is removed from you as if it never existed, amen? That's good news, church, amen? So the blood covenant has bought and paid for all, all of our sin, capital letters, all of our sin. Why would anyone here want to be part of like a partial covenant? You know, something that wasn't complete Amen. I don't think we would. Amen. If someone had already gone to the lens of sealing the covenant in blood, right? They've gone to that length. Would it not avail, would it not be of benefit to you to avail yourself of everything that the covenant gives you? Someone died and shed their blood for you. Why do you only, and in a covenant, why would you only want a little bit of that, of what that blood paid for? you'd want it all, wouldn't you? I want, I need it all. (laughs) Not only do I want it all, but I need it all. And so when Jesus went to the cross, that covenant covered all. So he wants you and me to have access to everything that was there underneath the covenant, everything that the covenant provides. Amen. You agree with that? Okay. Amen. Amen. Sometimes um, it's good to get a bit of dialogue going. I know it's not like that in every church in the land, but it's good to know um, having an, have an "Amen" on your lips sometimes. And "Amen" if you're new to church, "Amen" just means so be it. And we say, "Yeah, let it be so." So it's good. You can shout. You can shout out "Amen" in this church. Just just be careful of your neighbour. Um, it's not too loud. So there's these there's this covenant, and in the Old Testament. And even to this day, some of these principles still exist. There were certain things that were done as an evidence that a covenant had been struck. And I want to just go through some of them just now quickly. So the first one was an exchanging of coats. So you would take your coat and you would put it around your, your friend, your covenant partner, and you would take his coat. And when you exchanged coats... It, the significance of it was, I'm giving you my wealth. And does anyone remember uh, Joseph's coat? Yeah. Now, they say it was a coat of many colors. But actually, it must have been a very fine garment because all his brothers got jealous of him anyway. But it wasn't so much what it looked like, it's what it signified. So, it signifies status. It signifies like a ranking, wealth. And so, in the Old Testament, they would exchange quotes. That would be one of the first things. And um, actually, just as a, as, a, as a rabbit trail quickly, Joseph's life so mirrors the life of Christ in everything that he went through, you know. Um, so, from being betrayed, just the same way as Jesus' brethren wouldn't receive him, and um, all of just everything, you know, being, being stripped of that coat and thrown in a, in a pit and all of these things. So even Joseph's life was a shadow of what Jesus' life was to come. So this exchanging of the coats thing is significant. The next thing is an exchange of weapons, all right? And the significance of the exchange of weapons was, I'm giving you all my power and my strength. So they would exchange weapons. And, this, and, and that would say to the covenant partner, I'm going to fight for you, even if it costs me my life. Um, me, me and my clan, and then we're getting Scottish now, me and my clan will fight for you. Amen? So there's this exchange of weapons. Then here is the one that is really important. An exchange of names. An exchange of names. So, you know, in, if anyone's ever signed power of attorney for anyone, has anyone ever done that? You've been a power of attorney. So that gives someone to use our. To, that gives um, someone the right to use to use our name. They do it on our behalf, but it's always subject to T's and C's, terms, and, terms and conditions. All right. So there are limits, but in the blood covenant, whatever my name can achieve, all right? So, whatever weight my name carries, the covenant partner can use my name. In fact, um, my covenant partner would become, if Craig was my covenant partner, he, he would become Craig David McKenzie, <laughs> and I would become David Craig McLaughlin. So, it would be like this exchanging of names, which would then be a part, you, that would be your name, and whatever weight your name carried, and whatever weight my name carried, would be would obviously I'd be able to use that. Amen. You have the right to use my name. Now, if you misappropriated that privilege, that the consequences would be very severe, because a name is precious, and the name of Jesus is precious, and and you know a name maybe maybe sometime later this year. Um, We'll teach on names, but names are incredibly important. I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. Child, you are mine. And so our name, our name, and so, so many people have an identity crisis in terms of even their name. And I want to, I would like to share with you sometime about how important that is. So what, if you remember the word, it says, whatever you ask the Father in my name, in my name. So, we've received a legal right to use the name whenever we need to. And when can we use it? 24-7 every second of the day we can use it. And the reason we are legally allowed to use that name is because we have a covenant with the living God. Amen? So, Jesus is now sitting at the right God's right hand in heaven, but his name takes his place on the earth today. We can use the name of Jesus. Amen. And so when we use that name, it's as if he were standing right here speaking on earth. When we say in the name of Jesus, amen. So that's the power of it. John chapter 14, verse 13. Do you want to go there? John chapter 14, verse 13. It said, says there, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. I praise God for that. Because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask for anything in my name, I will do it. Amen? Anything in my name, I will do it. So that's the exchange of names. Very powerful. The next one is the cutting of covenant. I'm not going to dwell on that one. We did that one last week. That's when two become one through the cutting of a covenant of blood. All right. The next one is interesting the splitting of animals. What? Did they do that? Yes. So what they would do is they would take an animal. And they would slaughter it from head to tail, and uh, you know I, I know there's many that the, you know what. Sometimes God's word can offend our sensitivities, but it is the way it was, and, and 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 there are many things in God's word that we question. Why would they do that? Why would they do this? But everything had a purpose. So. This animal would be, would, would, be sat, would be slaughtered and the two people that were entering the covenant, they would lay the two halves of the animal out on the floor and they would walk together in a figure of eight around the, 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 the carcasses of, these, of this animal. And their significance of that was, and of course of the number eight, is that it's eternal, it's infinite. So they would keep on walking as a sign that the covenant that they just entered into together would last forever. All right? Would last forever. Amen? Number six was, was the funny one from last week, announcing the terms. So they're walking around the animal. While they're walking around, they're announcing the terms of the covenant, the blessings and the cursings. Amen? So... um. We'll go to Deuteronomy 28. We're not going to... Deuteronomy 28 is very long. There's a lot of blessings in there. There's also an awful lot of cursings as well. So we'll go there. But as they're they're walking around um, in this figure of eight, um, they would announce the blessings and the cursings as they walked around. The second to last one when they enter into covenant is to establish a memorial for what has just happened, okay? So, what's the significance of a memorial? Of a memorial? Any, can anyone tell me? Remembrance. So, it's remembrance. So, it's like they would plant some trees or they would exchange some livestock, um, although arguably they're not going to last forever, but they might become bigger herds and flocks so they would maybe plant a tree or they would put a stone m- monument or something there and the reason they did that was to serve as a reminder that they had been a covenant struck okay so in genesis chapter 31 J- uh, Jacob and Laban they entered into a covenant and they built a stone memorial and that was a witness to their covenant where else in the word can you would you can you find a covenant Abraham, Abimelech, amen, Abimelech planted a tamarisk tree, Abraham gave him oxen and sheep, and that was it, they'd struck the covenant. And then, not finally, because I'm sure there are probably things, other things they did that were significant in the meaning of this covenant, but they'd have a meal. So they'd sit down and they'd have a covenant meal together, meat, bread, and wine would be prepared and eaten you know, these were the staples of life. Meat, bread, wine, back in those days that was the staples of life. They would come together, they'd share these things. And once, I mentioned eight things there, but once some or maybe all of these things had taken place, that was it. The covenant was a done, a done deal. They now became covenant partners or covenant friends, if you want to say that. Amen. And uh, there's a very special emphasis I want to put on the word friend. Friend, the word friend is worth is worth a look at. You know, in, in John, Jesus begins to share the covenant with his disciples, and there's a special emphasis as he's sharing with them. He's laying out what the covenant, the, the covenant kind of conditions are, and you'll find it in John 15. Can you go there to verse 13? It says. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you are my friends, if you do what I command you, no longer do I call you servants. For a servant doesn't know what his master's doing, but I have called you friends. For all things that I've heard from my Father, I have made known to you. Amen. So, he says, there's going to be an exchange, all right? And I'm doing this because you are my friends. Friends, okay? Um, are friendships tested in 2024? For sure. Friendships, friendships have been tested throughout time. And I want to say something that's really, that really helps me to stay focused Strong relationships are forged in adversity. It's when we go through very difficult, terrible, tragic times even, and we stay together, mm-hmm. that, that is friendship, friendship that endures. Um, Pastor, uh, at the end of the conference yesterday, I was, uh, uh, Pastor Sherry put me on the spot. She says, "Why have you anything to say? And I just wanted to honor her and honor the, the ministers that were there. And the thing that really spoke to me was the enduring friendships. I'm so glad that my mom and dad have friends that have, not, that have never given up on that friendship. There's probably been times when they might have been close to it, but there's only less than a handful of people in their lives that have never let go of that friendship since, the, since, they, became, since they became covenant friends in the 1980s. And I believe that there's relationships established in this church. You will know one another in your 70s, in your 80s, in your 90s, and by reason of strength, your 100s. Those friendships will keep on, will be there. To lay down ones. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says, The man of too many friends, (laughs) chosen indiscriminately, will be broken in pieces and come to ruin. But there is a true and loving friend who is reliable and sticks closer than a brother. Who do you think that's talking about? Jesus. It's talking about Jesus. Jesus, I know, I know this, is more, this is very hard. These are difficult things to say. But I believe that Jesus is more committed to me than even any of my family. Because he says there's a friend who sticks closer than a a brother. Jesus' commitment to you, if you're in covenant with him, will be stronger. The Bible says that a day will come when those who you sat and, and dined with will lift their heel against you, that, that, that parents, uh, children will betray their parents, and brother will turn against brother. And that's, that's a serious thing. And so, um, we have to know that above all else, Jesus is for us and He will never leave, He will never leave us. He will never leave us. And you know what? When you think I we, we often pray on a Wednesday morning, we pray Marion has a very strong tug on her heart praying for the lonely. As long as you're in covenant with the Lord God, you will never be lonely. You will truly never be lonely, but to be lonely. To be lonely is must be one of the biggest curses to, that ever exists. One day, the isolation in hell will be. Never mind everything else, the isolation, the loneliness, will cr- will will keep on crushing people. And that is why we give thanks to God for our souls saved. Amen. I know it's it's you know you know that 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 I, I'm. I'm not a fire and brimstone pastor, but occasionally we need to say it like it is. This is it. In hell, there is separation. Separ- you're separated from a God who loves you and who gave his son so that you would not die, so that you could have eternal life. And that is so precious and and. you know, thank God for His grace, but, you know, we have to walk in His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness. Keep a short account with God, because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what's going to happen this afternoon. Anything can happen. The world could turn on a sixpence, and so it could at any moment in time. And so I'm saying this morning, there's a friend. And you know what? Friends are people that will correct you out of love and concern for you. A true friend, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Amen. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So I want to bring that to you this morning. So a friend. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. We're nearly done. Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham? your?" Friend forever. So here's this King Jehoshaphat, and he is reminding God of the covenant. He's saying, "I'll I'll kind of try and 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 summarize it. Lord, you're our God. Our covenants with you. You're not their God. They don't have a covenant with you, and they're coming against us. We are your covenant people. They worship idols. We worship you." Lord, you are our God. You are our covenant king. Amen? And so the king, Je- King Jehoshaphat's re- reminding God of his covenant. Amen? Because he knew that, hey, we are the great grandkids of Abraham. We are the lineage of Abraham. So we are going to stay and we are going to invoke the blessings of the, com- the covenant. There's a fight coming. Does anyone here facing a fight or a challenge? There's a fight coming. So, remember, God, you are our God, not their God. Amen. 2 Chronicles 20:15. And he said, Listen, Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, if anyone's afraid, don't be dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours. We sang that this morning. The battle is not yours, but God gods. And in that moment, God defeats three nations that has come against Israel, and he does it in a supernatural way because Israel doesn't even have to fight. They actually ended up fighting one another in a confused and chaotic mess. Amen? So, if God would respond to Jehoshaphat based on the old covenant, how much more will he respond to us based on the new covenant? Amen? So, Where is is the blood of Jesus right now? In heaven, on the mercy seat. Amen. It's a witness in heaven. Do you know that in heaven, it's visible to the angels? It's visible even to fallen beings, all right, that are there. Anyone who can see that blood in heaven, it's a witness that that covenant has been made. Amen. And so, Revelation 12, 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. Who is him that they overcame? The devil. They overcame the devil. So, they overcome by appropriating the blood, the blood covenant. Amen. And so, the covenant gives us confidence. If you leave here today, take one thing away from from this. Be confident that if you're in covenant with God, he will never back out of that covenant. And that the same confidence that David had when he ran towards Goliath, you can have that confidence. We can have that confidence this morning. Amen? Goliath, there's something maybe challenging your life, to, you know, coming around the doors, taunting you. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you under... Uh, I'm, go- I'm your debt. I'm going to swallow you. You're not going to have enough for your heating next week. You're not going to have nothing to eat. You can't even put shoes in your wains feet. All of that, whatever, whatever the giant is that you're facing, if you're in covenant with the Lord, you can confidently go before that giant and say, I have something for you. I've got something for you. Right here. Right here. And you can defeat that giant. Amen? And you know what David says? I know that I'm going to win this battle because the giant that's standing in front of me is not circumcised, which means that he's not in covenant. Because the sign of the covenant back then was that the males would be circumcised. And he, so he says to Goliath, he says, "You uncircumcised Philistine!" And then he lets rip. How dare you come against the armies of Israel? They got my God, the God of Israel. And he lets that stone fly. And then he takes Goliath's sword. He takes Goliath's sword, probably a lot bigger than this one. And he, this actually wasn't for this part of the service. And, and he takes it, and he takes the head of that giant, cuts the head off the giant, cuts the head off the giant. Amen. If God, if my God before us, who can stand against us? Amen. If my God, you know, if your, if your problem looks like a giant, it's going to be just as defenseless. Goliath never stood a chance. He never stood a chance. He could be 11 foot tall and his sword could be like a small Christmas tree. He never stood a chance. He was completely defenseless. Amen? If God be for you, who can stand against you? Amen? In all things, we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus who loves us. We have the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ, and thanks be to God who always leads us on in triumph. And he chose you. From the front of this church to the back, every single person, he chose you. When you were in your mama's womb, he knew your name, and he chose you before time. And he chose you with a plan and a destiny. And I know the Christians in here are saying, yes, Pastor David, we've heard all of this before. I need reminded of that. (laughs) I need reminded of that. I need to be reminded that I'm in a covenant. And, And you know what? Visual things are good. Does anyone have a leather bag? Here's one leather bag. There we go. All right. Just to finish off the sermon. Who's got a bag for me? Thanks, Eleanor. There we go, we've got two bags. All right. Who's my covenant partner? Lewis, you're too big. Craig, Craig, you be my covenant partner. There you go. You have to take your coat off and put, I'm going to put your coat on. Craig and I are entering into covenant. Covenant. We we don't have any elements from them, but here is our animals here, and uh, I better better speak into the mic. And so what else have we got? We've got got nearly everything, haven't we? The exchange of coat, the exchange of weapon. I'm David Craig McLaughlin, and you're Craig David McKenzie, (laughs) nothing to do with the pop star. Um, We're cutting Covenant, and now, now what we're going to do is we're going to announce... We're going to announce the terms, all right, Craig. So Craig and I are going to walk. So you're going to walk next to me, Craig, in a figure of eight through here. And as we're walking, now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, blah, 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 and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice. Blessed you shall be in the city, and blessed you shall be in the field. Amen. And uh, blessed shall be the fruit of your body, And um, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds and the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl for your baking. And uh, the Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. Amen. So as we're walking around this figure of eight, I'm reading all the blessings. And then we get to the end of the blessings. And then we start reading the other part of it, which is the cursings for, but we're not going to do that here. We are just going to stick with the blessings this morning. So, and that, and, and so now Craig and I, as per the Old Testament, we are covenant brothers, covenant friends in partnership, and, and always will be. Amen. And so, that, 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 I hope that this little illustration in the message has got it through to you that um, these, these covenant things are immutable, they're forever and they're eternal. And um, we do, you know, we don't do the same thing these days, but we have a covenant with the Lord and Jesus is the mediator of the covenant. And we become covenant brothers in the family of of God and covenant sisters and brothers to sister, sisters to brother. Amen. Craig, thank you. You better take that off before you sit down though. (laughs) Praise God. And then then we would sit down and we would eat. That's the the best part, isn't it? We would sit down and we would have a covenant meal. Amen. So praise God. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, For future content, please subscribe. And if anything spoke to you or was relevant to you, please leave a comment. If you want to find out more about the church, how to support the ministry or connect with us then go to bridge-church.com so until next time thank you for joining us and goodbye